It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll introduce the guest shortly, and I promise this is going to be a fun and informative hour. It's going to be really amazing. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I typically do this every single week. And before I forget, this episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. Try it free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Lately, I've been thinking about the idea of asking for what you want. One of the reasons for this is because I've been listening to an audio for the book, The Aladdin Factor by Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield. It's about this exact topic, the power of asking for what you want. It may seem simple, but the truth is a lot of people don't ask for what they want because they may have self-limiting beliefs around whether or not people want to help them or even that we don't feel like we deserve the help that we actually want. We won't reach our highest levels of success without the cooperation of others, and that frequently involves asking for something. So ask yourself today what you want to accomplish and who you need to help you, then ask. Be specific, and be sure to ask someone who is actually capable of granting your request. There's nothing worse than asking the wrong genie for help, so you'll be very glad you did. Before I forget, I do want to introduce my guest, and if you've not picked up my book, it's called Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, Volume 2. It's on Amazon. The Kindle version is only 99 cents. You can't even shake a stick at that. It's a compilation of some of the best interviews I've had from my show, including Kevin Harrington, Dan Lott, Chris Powell, Brad Sugars, and so many more. My guest this week is John Lee Dumas. Let me tell you a little bit about him. John Lee Dumas is the host of Entrepreneurs on Fire, an award-winning podcast where he interviews inspiring entrepreneurs who are truly on fire. With over 2,000 episodes, 1 million plus listens a month, and seven figures of annual income, John Lee Dumas is just getting started. Visit eofire.com to set your entrepreneurial journey on fire. And without any further delay, here is my interview with John Lee Dumas. Enjoy the show. Here we are with John Lee Dumas, Entrepreneur on Fire. How are you today? The sun is shining. The birds are singing here in Puerto Rico. I am prepared to ignite. Fantastic. So let's talk about podcasting. It's been such a powerful platform and you got in the game really early. How did you see that as an opportunity to build your business around that? Honestly, I was just a consumer. I was a consumer of podcasts. I was a person that was driving to my crappy job that I didn't enjoy listening to podcasts because they were free. They were on demand. They were targeted content about what I wanted to listen to. And Brian, I just understood the medium. I got it. I was like, click, like this makes sense. Like mm -hmm. radio doesn't make as much sense as podcasting does for somebody like me personally. Right. And because of that, I said, well, let me start, you know, exploring what's missing in the podcasting world. And frankly, I wanted to fill a void that I saw that I wish existed, which was a daily podcast interviewing successful entrepreneurs. And I'm talking seven days a week and it didn't exist. The shows that were out there were once a week, twice a month. And I said, 
that's my opportunity because guess what? I'm not going to be good when I start. So I need some kind of differentiator, some kind of unique advantage. Right. And the only way for me to get good is to put in the reps, is to practice. And that's doing yeah. a daily show. So I did a show seven days a week for 2,000 days in a row, Brian. Wow. Brian. Does that that's not? That's <sighs> crazy. I mean, the thought for me doing my hour-long show even three times a week just blows my mind. Right now, But that's on a- the same level, though. Because like yeah. my shows are 15 to 20 minutes long, seven True. days a week. So- amount of content wise. Yeah. Cause I, sh- I two years ago shifted to a yeah. longer form 30 to 45 minute show, um, three days per week. Yeah. So brother, I'm with you. Like you're on the same level of production as me. Don't, don't let, don't let yourself kid yourself. Oh, not at all. You mentioned doing something badly at first, which we all do. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing badly. You just have to get the reps in. What were some of your challenges as you built your show? Listen, every master, Every master was a disaster. That's mm-hmm. how you start. That's mm-hmm. the process. That's a step-by-step. Step. Every single person you admire in sports was horrible at that sport until they weren't because they yeah. practiced. Every person who's great at performing was terrible yeah. before they practiced and practiced and practiced. Yeah. So that was the process. So for me, with podcasting, doing a daily show, I was putting in the reps. I was learning every day. I was hiring mentors. I joined Cliff Ravenscraft's mastermind, the podcast answer man. Yeah. I hired a coach who had been a successful podcast business uh, producer, podcast host for three years of the eventual millionaire. Like she was amazing at what she did. And I was able to hire her. She was able to guide me step by step by step through the process. And that was a critical point for me to actually understand, hey, this is how I can improve. This is how I can put in the reps. This is how I can be the best version of me when it comes to podcasting. Fantastic. What was your big aha moment in business? Well, the big aha moment was going back to like identifying the fact that a daily podcast was missing because that coach that I told you about, Cliff, mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. him to death. He said, do not do a daily show. That'd be a big mistake. Yeah. That business coach I told you about, Jamie, she said, do not do a daily business podcast. That will be a mistake. I took 99% of their advice and it was great. That 1% of advice I ignored was the mm-hmm. best decision of my life because that oh. was my aha moment. Yeah. People need a daily show. Not everybody. But my audience needed the daily show. There was a segment of the world out there that wanted that seven day a week inspiration. So that was the aha moment for me. And there's been many aha moments since. Um, But, you know, that was the big initial one, the start of the momentum. Right. I love the roster of people you've had on your show. Reads like a who's who. How, how How do you connect with people like that? It's the domino effect. And yeah. what I mean by that, who's that first domino that you can attract? And for me, I always say, listen, start your show and don't worry about, you know, having A and B listers at this point, you know, go with people that are up and coming, just get the show out there, get some reps under your belt. Besides you're not ready to interview, you know, the who's who of the world yet, because guess what? Like you haven't put in the reps yet. You haven't had the time, the energy and effort yet right. when you have just launched a show. So get some reps in there, get a little bit good so that when you do have the opportunity, you actually have some skill to yeah. make it the best show that you can. Cause you, a lot of times you're only going to get one chance with these individuals, mm-hmm. at least, you know, one chance every couple of years. Yeah. But then I was strategic and patient. I waited and I saw oh, Tim Ferriss just launched a book. That means he's going into major promotion mode. Same Mm -hmm. thing with Gary Vaynerchuk and Seth Godin and Tony Mm -hmm. Robbins. And I waited and I waited. And then when the time was right and they were in promo mode, then I reached out and said, hey, I've been producing the show now for 50 episodes. I'm in the new and noteworthy for iTunes. I've got X number of listeners. 
I would love you to come on and talk about your book. Yeah. Like, let's just promote your book. Yeah. It was an easy, I made it an easy yes for them. Yeah. And they said yes. And then once you get that one domino, once I got mm -hmm. Tim Ferriss to say yes, then it was a, such an easier yes for Gary and for Tony and for this, because they were like, oh, well, if Tim Ferriss said yes to being on the show, yeah. then you know he's vetted it. Right. I don't even need to anymore. I'm just going to go on the show because I'm assuming that it's going to be worth my time. Yeah, I've experienced a little bit of that myself. So it's glad to hear someone else validate the same experience that I've had. So now that you can be more selective, how do you decide who you want to work with? So I get 400 applications to be on the show every single month sure. for the eight to 10 spots that I have available. So I've implemented a very rigorous application process. Plus there's a $3,500 appearance fee. And my attitude is this, hey, if you're an entrepreneur on fire who's crushing it and you don't think getting on my show in front of over a million listens every single month is what my show produces, um, then you're probably not the right fit. You're probably not the true entrepreneur on fire that I'm looking for that's running the successful business. People come back and they say like, well, John, I can't afford that. I'm like, nothing wrong with that. You know, there's, I couldn't afford $500, you know, back when I launched my show but that means you're just not ready yet. Why don't you go and produce a business that makes you worthy of being able to be on the show for the people that I'm looking for yeah. who you know, are having a thriving business? Because I want people on my show that are running the type of businesses that I want my listeners to be creating. Yeah. I want the real yeah. people who are doing the real thing. I love it, that's great. When did you realize you could build a seven-figure business around this? Month 13 post very, very exact. Yeah, because that was my first $100,000 month. And is. since that month, we've start, we started publishing monthly income reports. Yes. That was 77 months ago, and we haven't had a month under $100,000 since. That's great. In fact, one of the things I want to ask you is I'm very impressed by how transparent you are about stuff like that. What drove your decision to be that transparent? Because a lot of people hide that. Because back in 2011, I was searching the internet for inspiration and saying, can a, a good guy that's not slimy or, or just selling air and winds, can they make money on the internet? Mm -hmm. And I came across Pat Flynn, who was this family guy. He came across as so genuine. And yeah. since I've gotten to know him over the years, I mean, he's proven out to be such a genuine, awesome guy. Yeah. Guess what? He was publishing a monthly income report. And I was like, that is so amazing. That is yeah. Showing somebody like me that you can be a good, genuine person and create great value in this, in this online world and actually generate revenue that can sustain a family, that can run a business, that can sustain a life. Yeah. And I said, you know, if I ever get to the point where I'm generating revenue in my business, I want to be that beacon of light for other people. And so yeah. when we had that first breakthrough month, I said, Kate, it's time. Let's publish the income reports. Mm -hmm. Let's go all in on this. Absolutely. Let's talk about the power of building your email list. What has propelled, how has that propelled your business forward? So with email, it allows you the opportunity to reach into the lives of the people that are on your email list with timely messages, with requests, you know, with information, with value, you know, with podcasting, it's the consumer that chooses when to go to your show, when to press play, mm -hmm. when to subscribe, when to unsubscribe, it's all on them. And that's great. And that's fine. But when you get them on your email list until they subscribe, which is why you want to be very conscious of just delivering great value the vast majority of the time, yeah. it's on you. Like I can send an email right now you know, to tens and tens and tens of thousands of people that would literally be opening this email up within the hour of a message yeah. that I wrote. And that's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, that's 
makes it my choice to reach out to my audience with messages that I want in a very timely manner. And that's the value of an email list. Absolutely. And you've been very consistent. I've been on your email list for a long time. And oh, I noticed, very cool. I, I noticed how, yeah, I have, I'm a fan. So uh, I've been on your list for a while. And so you're consistent. That's one of the things that I noticed, but I want to ask what mistakes you think people make with their email lists. Um, well, they don't email enough and they kind of let that go dormant because, you know, a lot of people are just like, oh, I only want to email my list when I have like the perfect thing to say. But then yeah. people are like, I don't want to say they forget about you, but like you haven't been delivering them consistent value. Yeah. Just like if you stop producing your podcast on a regular basis, you know, people are going to be like, where'd this person go? Or they're going to forget about it. So, you know, as long as you can create something valuable to say, mm -hmm. you know, I like to say, you know, every email should be only as long as it needs to be. Like, right. you know, people are trying to sign up to read, you know, a dra dramatic novel. So just right. be sh short, sweet to the point. Yeah. Unless, you know, it's something crazy that really does, you know, require or demands some length. And that's fine too. If yeah. you've earned the trust of your readers, which you, you know, hopefully by this point have. Yeah. And that's the process is, you know, be there. For me, it's every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, when an episode goes live, I'm letting my, my, re, my uh, people on my email list know, hey, this is the episode that just went live. These are the three value bombs that were dropped yeah. during the episode. If these three value bombs um, seem interesting to you and you want to learn more about this and hear the whole episode, click here. If not, yeah. I totally get it. And that yeah. process you know, allows me to continue to stay top of mind with my listeners. Absolutely. And any smart entrepreneur will use what they're doing to make money in other ways than just the podcast. And you do that. You've got several streams of revenue that sprout out from your podcast. Tell us what some of those are. So we're big on multiple streams of revenue because listen, the world is dynamic. It's always yeah. changing. You never know what's going to come up here and come up right. there. And you just need to have that diversity in place. So for mm -hmm. us, you know, we have four or five major revenue streams with a lot mm -hmm. of minor ones, you know, kind mm -hmm. of feeding into that big bottom line number that we have. Right. So we have sponsors for the podcast. We have the appearance fees of the guests that are on my show. We have aff affiliate revenue of the products and services that we use and that we recommend. Mm -hmm. We have courses like Podcasters Paradise and my other course, Real Revenue. Excuse me. Um, plus we have, you know, other awesome things that we've kind of set up along the way, like our four journals. I have the freedom journal, the yeah. mastery journal, the podcast journal, the gold journal. And like all of these journals also feed into that as well, building up brand, building up awareness, making things happen. So yeah. it's all focused on centralizing a diverse stream of income so that we're protected going forward. Yeah. And your books are available in Barnes and Noble stores. I've seen them. Yeah. Next time you do, please take a picture and tag me on Instagram. Okay. There you go. What is the scariest thing you've ever done? <sighs> like in business or just in life? Either one. I'll go with life then. A couple yeah. of years ago, I was in New Zealand and I jumped, uh, bungee jumped off Nevis, which is 443 feet. Wow. I literally had to like mentally step outside of my body to make that jump. Because uh, it's just you just jumping off a platform. Like yeah. every part of your body's like, what the F are you doing right now? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. And the question I ask everyone at the end, who inspires and motivates you? You know, who inspires and motivates me is every single person that gets up every single morning and does something outside of their comfort zone. Because if you're doing something outside of your comfort zone, that's where all the magic happens. So if you're hearing my voice and you're currently doing something outside of your comfort zone, you are inspiring me. 
Fantastic. Thank you, JLD, for being here. It was an honor and a privilege to talk to you today. Take care, brother. Be good. You too. I hope that you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. If you're running a business, podcasting is an important topic. More and more people are doing shows all the time. I was lucky enough to be one of the early adopters. I've been doing my show since January 2012, and I've been here on the Toginet Radio Network for my entire run. It's been the basis for my entire business. You may or may not wonder how I end up getting to do my show or what my background is. I got a very quick story about that because I frequently do get asked, how did you get started? Why are you doing a radio show? Well, back in high school, my speech coach asked me to try out for the speech team and to do some events. And I was hesitant at first, actually, because I had a speaking experience in junior high school that didn't go very well. I was tapped to do the Lord's Prayer in front of the congregation at church when I was in eighth grade, and I forgot it halfway through. And the congregation knew it, and they carried me to the finish line, but it was a little embarrassing. And so when the speech teacher, my freshman year in high school, said, Brian, you should go off for speech, I went right back to junior high, and I thought, oh, no, 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 I don't want to speak in front of people. And she said, well, here's the rule book. Read what the the events are about. There's a whole description of every single event. So I took it home. That was my homework that evening. And I found an event called Radio News Announcing. And the thing that intrigued me the most was I did not have to stand up and face an audience. I thought, this appeals to me. This really appeals to me. The event included being given a bunch of news stories. I had 30 minutes to prepare a newscast, which would be between four and five minutes long. And so you were evaluated not only on the delivery of your radio show, but based on the quality of the stories that you took. Did you include the important stories? How was your delivery? Were you on time? A bunch of things like that. So radio news announcing. I did that as a freshman in high school, and I got a one state. And I said, I want to do this again. This was fun. And the teacher said, you can't. I said, why not? Well, the rules prohibit you from doing the same event if you got a one state. So now I had to face an audience after that. And I started getting pretty good. The more I started speaking, the better I got at it. And I made Allstate my senior year. So that was fun. So fast forward to late 2011, I was approached by a friend who had a show on this very network, Toginet Radio, and said, Brian, you really should do a show. You've got a great voice for it. I think you've got a great message. I think you can do a lot and you can build your business with your show. And we talked a few times. And finally, in December of 2011, I made the decision that I was going to go ahead and do this. So my first episode was January 16th. 2012. I've been doing this for over eight years now. My last week's episode was episode 360. So if you're not running a business, if you're not running a a podcast now and you are running your own business, JLD explained all the things that he's doing in his business to reach seven figures. I aspire to get to that point at some point. But you may be wondering, why should I really do a show? I heard your background. I know your story now. Well, here are some really great reasons why I do my show. Number one, I get to meet really amazing people. I would not otherwise have a chance to meet someone like a Kevin Harrington or a Dan Locke or a Chris Powell or a Darren Hardy or a Sharon Lecter unless I had an opportunity to do a show like this and offer them a platform to share their message. So that's one of the biggest reasons for me doing my show is I get an audience with amazing people that I might not otherwise ever have a chance to meet. Second big reason is I can have great conversations with people who inspire me. My guests frequently inspire me with their underdog stories about how they overcome, overcame great and amazing things, sometimes really, really turbulent things, and came out 
like a phoenix rising from a, from the ashes. And it's just so inspiring to hear their stories and to learn about amazing topics. Number three, creating great content on topics that I am not an expert myself in, uh, but my guests are. And I'll give you some great examples. If you heard my show last week, Tom Lidegaard talked about protecting your intellectual property. If you've built a course or if you're creating marketing collateral for your business, how do you trademark? How do you copyright? How do you protect? And how do you make sure that somebody pays the price if they infringe upon your work? Go back and listen to last week's episode with Tom Lidegaard if you're curious about protecting your intellectual property. Other recent episodes have been about becoming the best possible version of yourself, how to double your sales in 90 days, how to create a foundation to, to empower young people, how to sell things on the home shopping network, how to overcome a rare form of cancer and create a nonprofit, how to build your business from zero to eight figures, multiple eight figures, how to uh, become an elite athlete and, and never give up on your Olympic dream how to get a huge ROI while attending events and creating amazing Amazon best-selling books, how to get on TEDx stages, the role of forgiveness to achieving your success, super learning, breaking through limiting beliefs, uh, gosh, ways to reward your employees, how you can get a deal with a shark without actually getting on Shark Tank. Those are just a few of the amazing topics that I've had on my show in just the last six months. Go back through the entire eight-year roster and listen to the show that you want to hear the most. In fact, I would encourage you to download and subscribe to uh, Success Profiles Radio on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and listen to any episode anytime you want. 360 episodes worth. It's amazing and it's free. You can't even shake a stick at that. So those are three really great reasons why I do my show. Another great reason, reason number four, is I get to repurpose that very same content. I started a magazine called Success Profiles Magazine back in December of 2017. Real quick story about that. I was renewing the domain for Success Profiles Magazine in September of 2017. It was the third year that I was getting ready to have this domain. And I told myself, ah, you know, Brian, you have not done this yet. You're buying and keeping something that you're not using. So I was convicted that perhaps it was now time to do Success Profiles Magazine. So the first person I reached out to was Kevin Harrington, who had been on my show six months prior. And I said, hey, I'm starting a magazine. I would love for you to be on the cover. I will just use material that I've already accumulated through our interview. All you need to do is supply a photo for the front cover. And that's all we need. So he said yes. And so this is the cool thing, too. When you ask high-level people to do something, make it really, really easy for them to say yes and repurpose some of the same content you've already created. That way I didn't have to interview him a second time. I didn't have to take time out of his busy schedule. I didn't have to coordinate with my producer, and I didn't have to schedule my own self. So I just freed up time for three people just by repurposing something I've already done. Another thing you can do to repurpose the same content like I'm doing on my show is I've repurposed it into several books, one which I talked about just a little bit ago, Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers, Volumes 1 and 2, and they're both on Amazon. But gosh, if you've got content, you might as well recreate it and reuse it. In fact, on my 100th episode, I talked to Jeffrey Gittimer, and I asked him, why did you decide to write a book? And he said, I never actually decided to write a book. I started a blog about all the stupid things that salespeople do. And I decided after 100 of – I had 100 blog entries, I decided I have a book. So perhaps you've created enough content already 
if it's on a similar topic that you might already have a book in your hand and you just need to repurpose it and get it organized somehow or perhaps need to get it edited first. Another way that you can repurpose some of the same content is do online summits. One of the things that I do is I ghostwrite books for people, and so I've become somewhat of an expert in the book writing space, I would like to think. I've had a lot of people work with me. And I had an Authorpreneur Live summit. It was the second one I did. Go to authorpreneurlive.com if you missed it. And you can see a list of all the people who were on that summit. And you can purchase the recordings uh, for a nominal investment to have and hold and love forever. But we talked about how to publish your book, how to know whether self-publishing or a big name publisher is the way to go, how to write a book proposal, how to write press releases once your book is done, how to find leads and sales on LinkedIn, how to create a coaching program based on the expertise that you wrote about. Just amazing, amazing topics. Go to authorpreneurlive.com if you want to check that out. I think you'd be well served to do that. So that was reason number four. Reason number five for me doing my show is this has created opportunities with some really well-known people to do red carpet interviews at book and movie premieres. Because if you have a reputation for being a good interviewer, they will seek you out and ask you to do interviews in other contexts outside of the show. So I had to do red carpet interviews a couple of times, and both of them were for movie premieres. Most recently, last summer in Los Angeles, in June, for the premiere of Wish Man, which is about the life of Frank Shankowitz, who started the Make-A-Wish Foundation. He's been a previous guest on my show. So a lot of great opportunities. People will start inviting you to do things. People will start inviting you to collaborate with them because now you have a platform that they want access to. And now you can be a little selective in who you work with because the perfect collaboration is somebody who has what you want and wants what you have. I'm going to say that again. The perfect collaboration is someone who wants what you have and has what you want because now you both have a vested interest in the deal. The sixth reason is I get clients out of this. Several people who have been on my show have become magazine clients. Several people from the show have been book writing clients. Several people from the show have collaborated with me in a lot of other ways. But you can get paying clients based on your show if you're doing it right. And that's another great reason. I'm not doing the show just to do the show, although if I was doing this for free, I would still do it because it's my happy hour. I tell my producers this all the time. When I do my show, this is my happiest hour of the week, and that's why I do it on Monday and not on Friday because it gives me something to look forward to, and it sets me up for the entire week. So I am strategic about things like this. And finally, the number seven reason why I love doing my show is I get to collaborate with my guests, like I mentioned a moment ago, with Authorpreneur Live. Every single person who is on my summit has been in my show or I've worked with in some way, shape, or form previously. I did not have anyone that I didn't know. And so that's a great place to be. So you can collaborate with your guests and create multiple business opportunities and collaborations. So those are some really great reasons why I do my show. I would encourage you to think about how you might be able to do the same thing if you do not currently have a show. And if you've ever thought about starting your own show or podcast, you can schedule a conversation with me at callwithbrian.com. Callwithbrian.com. And we can talk about that or any aspect of getting your message out to the world in a bigger way. I hope you've enjoyed this episode today. It's a little shorter than it normally is, but that's fine. Say what you got to say and get done, right? And that's what I would advocate. 
So thank you for joining me today. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Join me next week. I'm going to be interviewing Mark Victor Hansen next week. That's who's scheduled. And he's got a new book about asking, the power of asking. His previous book with Jack Canfield was about the Aladdin Factor. He's got a brand new book about the power of asking with all new material. So catch me next week, Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern. And you all have a wonderful week. Thanks for joining us. Take care. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.